community were out again with the AHDB Agri Leader Series. Mark, say hello to everyone. Good morning, all. We don't all fit in one box. My name is Max McGillifrey from Beanstalk Global. To my left, to my right, up, down, we have the uh, ultimately fantastic Mark Campbell from the AHDB. Uh, Mark, just tell us what you do for the AHDB and what the AHDB do for those that everyone knows, but in case they don't know, especially our international viewers, please. So just in a quick a quick summary, AHDB, the Agriculture and Horticulture Development Board, um, are a levy body. Uh, so we take a levy from farmers uh, and we spend that on knowledge exchange, research, exports, marketing. Um, and essentially, uh, we're there to, to prevent market failure and better support the industry to make them sustainable. And what I do, so I look after a program called AgriLeader, which is everything surrounding the soft skills leadership management um, of developing a business. And Mark and I have been doing this ongoing series for AgriLeader. We've had some uh, fantastic uh, people on. And you must look at the back uh, catalogue and oh my crikey, wait till you see some of the people that we've got coming, coming on in future months, let, let alone uh, today. And I was just talking about, uh, about you, Mark, <laughs> to, my, to my team. And they, they were saying how, how well we, we interact. That's uh, what were they saying? You're the salt to my pepper. Um, I'm the Tom to your Jerry. Um, I'm the ant to your deck. Um, but also a bit disappointed because you're the biggest collector of hoodies in the uh, agricultural sector and in the HDB. But you failed us. You're not wearing one of your colourful no. hoodies today. So we, we demand them back. I, I promise for next time I'll have a hoodie on. <laughs> so, so let's get to, right into it. I've been so looking forward to, to meeting these two uh, eclectic um, individuals, both for the way that they are so positively come across and also the good that, that they're doing. Um, do, Mark, do you want to do the big um, drum roll and bring them in? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm really, really pleased to, 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 that we've got both of the CEOs of a fantastic charity called Jamie's Farm. So, uh, gents, please uh, come come forward. Drum, Good morning. Drum roll. So we have invited in, we've just, we're going to go, oh all of our screens are going potty because everyone is so desperate to see, see you both. Oh no, we've got over some more. So let's, uh, boys, can you just um, introduce yourself, please? Uh, my name is Jamie Field and I'm founder and co-CEO of Jamie's Farm uh, and we're here at HQ in Bath. Yes, uh, and I'm Jake Curtis, recently uh, promoted to co-CEO after, um, yes, 10 years working at the charity. I've worked my way up and uh, gradually Jamie has uh, seen a bit of good in me. And, uh, <laughs> and, and uh, yes, we now run the, run the charity together. Fantastic. And I love your promotion. I love your new office. <laughs> tell us about your tell us about your office today and where you are please well we're we're here in the lambing shed uh lambing's over it's just a few pet lambs wandering around um but uh, uh we're right in the heart of the farm at bath so um as ever multitasking looking after these lambs and uh and uh, with you guys today yeah and you might you might see a few uh a few interesting things in the background coming through at different points Potentially some kids hard at work, which would be really great, um, but also various bits of machinery. So apologies if there's a bit of a volume that comes in at different points. 
Not, not a problem. We, we love the jeopardy. But just to explain to those people on listening on the podcast, because we are live on LinkedIn, we're live on YouTube, we're live on Twitter, and we're also onto our podcast um, at series as well. Let's, if it's okay, just especially for those on the podcast, I just want to give you a bit of a rah-rah and a bit of background for, uh, for Jamie's Farm. So Jamie's Farm supports vulnerable young people nationwide to thrive academically, socially, and emotionally through a unique five-day residential experience and follow-up program. The program is a blend of farming, family, therapy, and legacy. God, I love that, legacy, where children take on real jobs with purpose, punctuated with therapeutic support. The program is in very high demand and delivered at four, just going to say that again, four rural farms across the country, near Bath, where the headquarters is, Hereford, Monmouth, and Lewis. Um, both myself and Mark come from Lewis, so we uh, love, love the Lewis site, um, alongside a city farm in Waterloo. Since the charity's inception in 2009, nearly 10,000 young people have been supported with evidence for fewer school exclusions, increased engagement at school, improved well-being, and the development of essential life skills. But guys, what else is just getting the set up this morning? There's so many examples in the UK and also internationally that the more that you can get uh, kids um, involved within agriculture and that they can see that with the effort, hard effort, that they can uh, grow things, whether that be cropping or whether that be animals. And, and this whole element, especially the bit I love, is that they, the likes of the attendance um, in schools far improves because they've now got um, a, a fo focus in life. So all, all credit to you, but let's start from uh, bare bones. Je gentlemen, how did this start? How did this, this idea come, come, out of the, come out of the box? Hence our title, we all don't fit in one box. Gents. Um, so... Well, great introduction. Thank you. If you'd like a job, it's um, it's here for you, but you might have to move to this country. Um, so uh, basically, this all began really because I was a, a, a child who was really into farming, um, uh, who, who sadly didn't have a route into farming because there wasn't a family farm ready to go. Um, so through various twists and turns, I ended up being a, far, a, a teacher in London, but remained a frustrated farmer. Um, and through um, my experiences teaching in, in the South Pole of London, down in Croydon, um, I uh, started to scratch my head about ways that I could bring some of the benefits um, that I'd had growing up in the countryside to the most vulnerable, the most challenging uh, kids, those who were probably um, disturbing lessons, learning the least, causing the most havoc. Um, and I thought that hard work on a farm, it seems like a strange thing to suggest, but hard work on a farm for a week, the opportunity to reflect a different environment could really boost those kids and bring them back with a different outlook. And so that, that, was, that was where all this came from. And, and if this was a, a big multinational, they would say, oh, we need to do a focus group on this. We need to analyze this. We need to uh, see if this works. We, we need to do some trials. Did you just go for it uh, on, a, on a women of prayer and uh, hoping that it would work? Well, the first thing I did is, you know, it's very apt that we're surrounded by pet lambs here, bottle fed lambs, because the first thing I did was take two lambs into the school in Croydon. Um, uh, hilariously, the, the tattooed Harley Davidson driving caretaker was the most excited about these lambs. He, he spent every morning brushing them uh, and got very little done of his job. But, um, but also a lot of the very challenging kids uh, in the playground were distracted from fighting and were interested in the lambs. So that was the first thing. And then in 2007, I said to my mum, how about we bring some kids back to the small holding where I grew up? Uh, and she um, extraordinarily said yes. So um, 2006, those kids came back to the farm. 
seven children from that school and we we saw some really profound changes uh, and um, we just thought maybe we're on to something. So uh, through trial and error, literally, um, we, we got going from that point. Yeah, so listening to the radio this morning, there's, there's going to be more and more of a need for you and other similar organisations. Why do I state that? I've, I've, like all of us, I've, well, not as many as you guys, but I've done a, a number of school uh, pre presentations on the back of some of the stuff that, uh, that, that I've done. And the, the, the standard stat comes out that uh, five to six uh, kids, five to six out of 10 kids don't know where fruit and veg um, come, come from. And you just encapsulate that statement for, for everything involved around agriculture. If you look where we are, we're, we're filming at the moment in the, um, the end of May, we've got some serious economic issues apparent, uh, uh, about to come to us. We've got the, the government are reining back on uh, uh, trying to stop the sale of unhealthy food. And that might be because of economic reasons, or that might be because of the, the 10, 12 big food companies lobbying the, the, the government to, to stop that. We've got the national food strategy that uh, we were all hoping was going to make a, make a difference to, to create more healthy living, but potentially it's been kicked into, into the long grass. Um, gents, that's why we need you more and more to be able to educate the, the, the kids so that they're making good choices, whether that be work or whether that be um, through what, what they eat. Mark, help me. Do, do, you, do you agree? Um, or, or, is, or is this, um, or, or am I just being uh, over jingoistic and banging my own drum here? No, I think I completely agree. And and and, and the way that that Jake and Jamie have created this 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 offer that not only helps out those those challenged young people that don't fit in the box um, to actually thrive and uh, and progress, it also entwines probably very subtly. Um, that importance of food and and where that food comes from and 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 what you need to, to eat to be happy healthy and um, and productive because gents the, the issue that we do have in the uk is that we are more and more a very urban uh, society 72 million people and we're getting more and more um, isolated from uh, from from agriculture and it's no fault of teachers but a lot of teachers come from uh, from an urban background so they don't understand so again there's another reason why we, we need to um, educate the teachers as well as the um, as well as well as, well as the kids and not just on healthy eating but where um, agriculture comes on from and we'll, we'll talk about um, um, Mark's program of, about agri leaders how we need to attract more people into the into, into the sector but but Jake I understand that you're one of the illustrious few that's actually spoken at a TED event and at this TED event um, you delved into the importance of uh, the four P's I know what the six P's are but we won't go down that route what what, what are the four P what, and firstly what was what was uh, the TED talk like and talk to us about the four P's please ah well, I got it as I do with most of my gigs when Jamie kind of uh, passed it over to me. So <laughs> I, I do. I wasn't invited on my own merit, but I, in fact, um, I was introduced as Jamie that day. Oh, no. <laughs> they, they, gave, they gave the whole Jamie backstory, and I had to stand up and say, "Well, actually, that's not that's me." Not me. <laughs> but I just about managed to recover it, and um, yeah, yeah, you can have a look at it online. You know, I mean, I. I think one of the things that's most important about what we do, I suppose, and it kind of links into what we were saying before, is that as much as the kids get a lot out of being here in terms of the knowledge about the farm and where food comes from to help them make better choices, that in itself isn't what we're really trying to achieve. Yeah. What we're really trying to achieve through the farm as the vehicle is to ensure these kids see themselves as capable human beings, basically. And sometimes the mistake that's made in school is that the only way that kids see themselves as capable is based on knowledge essentially it's just to kind of 
drilling them with facts. And if you can't just regale them with, you know, return those facts back to the teacher, then you're a failure. And actually on the farm, that's not the way we look at things. We look at kind of, look, are you capable of doing a job and achieving at yeah. a job and feeling good about the fact that you've achieved something meaningful in the course of your day? Uh, and, and, that's, and we set everything up with that in mind. And, and actually, um, that's why kids get so much out of it, because these are kids that would otherwise essentially be kind of, you know, lost to society, kind of, um, you know, um, employed or uh, mental health issues or chucked out of school and involved in crime. And instead we're saying, look, you've got a, uh, an outlet, you can do something good for society, for yourself, that actually contributes, and and um, and and that's the whole aim of, of what we're what we're there to do. But in terms of the four Ps, how we, it's a very simple concept. Essentially, it's about, and I'm not the first person to come up with this. Just to say, the three Ps um, has been talked of a lot by various organisations, and that's people, place, purpose. People, place, purpose. The fourth one we've added to that is positivity, and and just kind of to briefly run through it, people. For kids, and not just kids, for adults as well to thrive, they need to be surrounded by good people who motivate them and get the best out of them. They need to be in a beautiful place. Not necessarily beautiful, but, but one that sort of um, potentially uh, is conducive to them feeling safe and secure, so they're not always under threat, which for lots of our kids is often a problem. You talk about the classroom that Jamie taught in, that was the issue. They didn't feel secure because there wasn't any order in the classroom. You want some sense of calm so they can achieve something. When we bring kids to the countryside, they get that sense of, of beauty that really matters a huge amount to them. And the other thing is purpose. Everyone needs purpose in life, whoever you are. You need something to get up, up for in the morning. And, you know, you talk a lot about people who kind of potentially pass away later on in life. It's often when the purpose is gone, you yes. know, and, and, yes. and that's, you know, it's a kind of morbid way of looking at it. But purpose drives human interaction. And the, the last one I'd say is just something about positivity. You know, everyone on our farms, all of our staff exude this warm positivity, generosity towards the kids. Yeah. And, and, and that's probably something that I'd kind of reflect on in this talk in terms of leaders. You need to have that as well. You know, you can't yeah. be a moaning, sulking kind of guy, even if you're under huge stress, because yeah. actually no one needs that for them to be at their best. Mark, where the, these two gents are, are, are fascinating is that um, if they did go down this route, they... You, they, they could have, and I think you've heard my example before, Mark, they could have end up, ended up working for Goldman Sachs or other, other uh, monosyllabic banks that are available and earn lots of money and drive fast cars and um, have, have a, but, but that's not what, what they, they want. And that's what life isn't really about, is it? It's, it's not he, who who dies with the most toys wins. With the, the lights of Jamie's farm to actually make that difference. And Again, we, 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 we're in this issue with all of these uh, kids just getting sucked into this machine of that prescriptive educational system. Um, and let's not even start on the likes of social media. So to be able to, to be inspired by th this type of methodology is, is definitely going to, 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 to better them. Mark, do you see other examples of, um, of, of Jamie's Farm um, in, the, in the UK or do you think they're a one-off? Um. Personally, I don't think I've seen any other examples, um, uh, and I have been. Uh, my my wife works for the charity, so I, I have a bit more insight. Um, so yeah, this is uh, for for me personally is kind of a new unique thing, and uh, and I suppose the reason we're wanting to, I wanted to do this talking leaders because I can see those synergies in terms of how Jake and Jamie and the fantastic team at all the sites in Jamie's farm 
a, a dealing and treating and and trying to get that 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 um, that purpose out of that child and how that could be reflected in in in, in farming teams which um, are quite historic and archaic and and expected that people fit in one box. So so yeah. so yeah. So, so, so gents, since your inception, two thousand nine, you've you've um, assisted nearly ten thousand young people. Where where's this where's this going? What does success look like? That that horrible question. What does success look, look like five ten years out? It'd be fascinating to know where you want to go. What what's your ambition? Great question. Um, I'm just going to hijack you for one second, just to uh, just because. Um, the insecure farmer in me needs to needs to justify that we are proper working farms as well because we you. haven't mentioned that. So uh, you know, talking to this audience, I just want to make it clear that the vehicle through which we do everything on our farms is real work, real purpose. This farm currently has 1,100 sheep, 100 Aberdeen Angus cattle, wow. a couple hundred pigs. So the vehicle by which we do everything is proper working farms. So um, as I say, the insecure farmer in me just needed to get that across to this audience, particularly yep. seeing as we're surrounded by pet lambs, which uh, <laughs> makes it look like a petting zoo, which it's not. Um, so in terms of the future, yeah. So in June, um, you mentioned it earlier in June, we hit our 10,000th visitor. So um, that's, that's amazing. Actually, when, when I set out journey okay. with Mark, uh, there was literally no grand plan. There was just, this seems like a good idea. Let's try it. Oh, we're fully booked. Let's try and get another farm. Oh, we're fully booked. Let's try and get another farm. So there wasn't a kind of major uh, megalomaniac roadmap to getting to where we got to. It was, it was uh, sorry for the pun, but it was organic growth that we went for. Um, now we're kind of at five farms. If you include our urban farm, we, we have to think, you know, maybe a bit more strategically about the future. Um, one, of, one of the big things is that we've got a very Southern focus, a Southern focus, you know, in the UK. And therefore we are, um, we are launching a farm in Skipton up in, up in uh, Yorkshire, which will be great. You know, there's seven amazing cities within an hour and a half who really need our help. So um, that, that will be a big deal. Um, but also what we're looking at doing is how we can act as a kind of hub for sharing our approach to children, um, sharing our approach uh, to regenerative farming um, and have impact beyond our actual physical sites. So um, for us, we recognize that we will never solve the problem entirely of, of kids who are really challenged in these schools, but we look at ways that we can spread our impact through the knowledge, the resources that we have um, to a greater extent than just those kids who visit us. But we are still very focused on working with this year, 2,000 children. Um, in two years, when Skipton launches, 2,500 children, um, and potentially taking on other farms to extend that piece. But really, really looking. Um, in fact, we're working bizarrely at the moment with Chanel, of all people, what? Um, to look at um, Chanel as supporting us in terms of how we spread our approach, because uh, they have some very uh, super bright marketing people who are coming up with ideas on how we share our methodology uh, through the sector. Well, that's that's, a, that's amazing. It's, it's a bit like a Ferrari um, F1 got involved with a great um, Adambrooks uh, back in the day to, to help them because in Formula One, see if I can link this together, in Formula One, you have to do tyre changes really quickly. Uh, with Great Ormond Street, you, you have to do transplants really quickly. And so Formula, so like, likewise with, with yourself, Chanel, with that firepower of sell, selling David Beckham perfume, other perfumes are available <laughs> to be able to show show you. And just on that, that the strategy side, sometimes I get frustrated that 
it's bloody hell guys it's you two that are doing this shouldn't we have government support coming in to to assist you um to 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 take this strategy forward and there should be a dictate that every school should have um uh, a jamie's farm visit or or um collateral or videos um com coming in or do we need, need to drive societal change do we need to get the teachers um, or the parents of the kids to be what's that expression uh care and share they, they pick you up on social media oh by the way everyone look at um, jamie's farm um, website social media it's, it's fantastic um and and then they uh contact you on 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 um on social media to, to get in contact what do you think do you think we need uh, uh, to be dictated by government and the educational system to adopt you or, or do we need um that a, a soft touch and and the schools and the parents coming to you what do you think gents Right, it's a great question. Um, I mean, we, we we do quite a lot of thinking about this kind of question about where our funding comes from and, and how we want that to look. But essentially, um, and it kind of joins up with a point that we're probably going to make later on, which is around uh, autonomy. Essentially, for people to be motivated to really commit and give their all, they need to have some sense that they own what they're doing and have proper decision-making uh, powers over that you know and, and in our staff teams that's what we try and create for people you know no matter where you sit within the organization there's some sense that you're a leader within it in a certain area and you take real responsibility for that and similarly if we were kind of if we ended up being um, reliant on government funding then very quickly you kind of uh, you lose that autonomy and yeah. you become sort of slaves to whatever agenda the government might have at the time yeah and actually one of the things that's been so great about the way that jamie and tish founded the organization was that we've had a lot of independence and a lot of autonomy which means that we're very agile and nimble you know we can change things we can adapt according to our mission you know that we're always focused on that but if we decide that to achieve that mission we have to do something else we yeah. can do it we're not we're not beholden to some kind of overlord on some level yeah but mark can you imagine these two sitting in a four-hour board meeting in some monosyllabic government office in in, in london it's like that nah, now nah, we're off we've got things to do we've got we've got we've got shoot we've got kids coming what no you have to be here so, no, so, so you so you guys row your own boat um how how can we all help you uh, could, are, are you open to collaboration? Are you open for other farms wanting to sort of adopt what you've done? And I don't know, it's the wrong words, but on a franchise basis or to learn from you or, yeah, or you're a closed shop. How, how's, how's it work? Yeah, so so I think, um, like I mentioned, a big agenda for us is sharing our approach either to farming because we are hopefully doing quite a good job in terms of our um, regenerative practices around um, uh, a lot of mob grazing of herbal lays and that kind of thing, uh, planting a lot of hedges, uh, thinking more thoughtfully about reducing our inputs, which is obviously more important than ever and that kind of thing. So, um, you know, anyone starting on that journey, we're very, uh, very open to sharing that. Um, uh, in terms of um, future farms, yeah, absolutely. We would love to support others to do more of this. We're not, um, we're not precious about IP, if you like. Um, uh, so we're, we're, we're very relaxed about and excited about supporting others to do this kind of work, even if it's, just learning um, about some of our approach or taking some confidence that you can safely have children on farms. Um, I think I think you guys, you know, you were talking earlier about the, the, the importance of education and the link between, it's not an explicit aim of ours, if you like, the um, education of people around farming, but um, the more and more I've been involved in the industry, the more keenly I feel that 
we've gone horribly wrong in terms of people's understanding and connection to the land and farming. And there is a major piece in terms of um, bringing, bringing those two groups back together, uh, you know, empathy and understanding on both sides between farmers um, and the general public. Um, and, um, you know, we would like to be part of that really. And um, uh, we've always worked very hard to sort of stay apolitical, like we're not judging any, any group. Um, we, we span a lot of different worlds and we really like that. The fact that we're mixing with farmers, we're mixing with urban kids, we're mixing with funders. Um, and we feel that all those groups can kind of collaborate uh, effectively rather than everyone being in a silo and, and, and feeling sort of like those other people are, are, are making the mistakes, you know? Yeah, and don't forget to, to uh, name Chanel again. I'm expecting Kate Moss to come <laughs> to, to, to wander <laughs> wandering behind behind you. Uh, so, just, just, guys, just go back to the collaboration um, element again. Have you made mistakes along your journey? <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I, you know, you couldn't be, um, well, you wouldn't be being honest as as a leader or, or a bloody human, to be frank. If you didn't say that you made mistakes, he hadn't made mistakes. But I. Um, I think there is a kind of case for kind of owning them and um, making sure that you learn from them and challenging yourself around that. This is, this is a place, Jamie's Farm is a place where we are um, always challenging ourselves to be better, always, yeah. in every yeah. way. And, that, and that's top down, that's everybody involved in the charity, it includes the kids. Um, yeah. and, and, and when you've got that kind of culture, you know, you kind of mentioned strategy before and there's this famous phrase, culture eats strategy for breakfast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and it's well, a great yeah. phrase because actually if you're always pushing yourself around that stuff, um, then, you know, and that's part of your DNA, part of your culture. If you're always pushing yourself to make sure one of the things that was a kind of new value of ours that came out of COVID was challenge yourself to achieve every day. That's kind of in our founding DNA that Jamie and Tish started with. That's something that if we all, if we all manage that, then you've got a good organization. Now, there are lots of big organizations where, to be honest, 50, 60, 70 percent of people couldn't say that. Uh, and oh, that's totally. a real problem. And Jake, the reason for, uh, for bringing in the, the mistake element of it, and it, I, I didn't want to turn it into a therapy session, which it isn't. But, but it's, uh, it's a bit like um, uh, mentors are so good with the younger generation because they've made mistakes and they've seen the pitfalls. You, you've made mistakes. You, you've had some great wins and great, great successes. So if there, were, if there are farms and other businesses who want to learn from you, if, if you are... Uh, um, okay with that. I'm, I'm guessing that you'd be able to say, oh no, don't do that. Uh, we, we tried that. Do, do this. And that potentially would accelerate where they're looking to go from the learnings that, that, you, that you've had along the way. So again, in some areas, or help me Mark, some areas of agriculture that can be accused of being very siloed. Uh, whilst if we were in such uh, difficult, interesting times, if we can be very open with, uh, with each other, we can all share, we're all going to benefit for the, uh, for the, for the long term. Mark? Yeah, no, completely agree. And, and, and the whole piece about making mistakes, whether you're uh, Matthew Said and black box thinking, the only way we learn in life is by making mistakes. Um, so we have to we have to run through those courses um, to be able to push push things forward. Uh, and, 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 and that's what what you guys at, at Jamie's Farm are, are allowing, allowing children to, to do, to, to experience and, and, and to learn from those pieces in a positive way. And, and gents are also presumably on a local basis. You must be positively affecting um, the, the local areas of your of your various farms in, 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 a, in, a, in a positive manner. Yeah, I mean, I, I, um, I think, um, well, when we came here, so we, we launched, we bought and launched this farm about 12 years ago. Um, 
it was very interesting who was welcoming and who wasn't. Um, and actually the local farmers were the most welcoming. They were keen to collaborate. They loved yeah. the idea of these kids getting out of the city. Um, it was more potentially people who'd recently left London who were worried about their house price if a, oh, get out of town. a bunch of reprobates were running around the valley, which um, we very quickly reassured them that, uh, in fact, there was one person who was worried about it and I, I bumped into him three months after we'd launched and he said, have you had any kids yet? And I said, yeah, we've had 12 groups. And he, and he said, oh, right, well, I didn't have anything to worry about. You know, he, he, so um, uh, yeah, but in terms of the local communities, you know, we, we collaborate a lot with local farmers, whether that's buying and selling straw or hay or sheep or whatever. Um, we, we, uh, we also employ at each farm up to 10 local people. So that gives us a kind of lovely connection with the local community. Um, and we're really proud of the fact that we're creating employment in areas where um, those jobs you know, wouldn't necessarily otherwise exist. So um, there's a lot of that. And then we have an amazing band of volunteers at each farm. Um, not least down in, in Lewis, actually, um, who come in and help cook or help on the farm or help with the, the gardens, just, you know, making the flower garden look beautiful. So it's welcoming for the kids. Um, we had a we had actually a, a band of um, interior designers who did a makeover of the house in Lewis. So 30 people over a weekend and they they um, all, all of the bits and bobs they put in there were valued at, at around 20,000 pounds. So. Um, so we've had we, we get amazing support and, and in a sense like that kind of all those people behind you just really helps you in this sort of more difficult moments and not least through COVID to kind of feel like um, you know you can do it basically. Yeah. So, so if, you, if you're doing good by implication good will come to you uh, yeah. case of point and again if you can keep following that 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 mantra and and the and the business has as you as you rightly um, pulled me up, Jamie, you, you are a, a commercial business. Although Jamie's Farmers, um, that that element of it is a charity. You you're, you are a, a commercial business, and to run a commercial business, you need to have strong leadership. Mark is very selective as to who we have on these um, on these broadcasts, and he only has the the best of the best. He only wants successful leaders. So you guys, by um, by virtue, are, are deemed as successful leaders. What you know? What's coming next? What what's what's the success? What's the success? What what? What, is, what are your keys for, for, all us, for all of us to learn as to how you run a successful business from where you are today um, and where you're going to be in the future? What, what's the magic dust, gents? What's the magic dust? Jake and uh, my colleague here can give me uh, a, a mean, nugget. I mean, <laughs> kind of as we've sort of, uh, as we've sort of said, there isn't a magic nugget, to be honest, because you, you, you do keep on making mistakes. Um, I, I mean, just a couple that uh, kind of sprang to mind when we were, we actually went down to visit another organisation as part of this kind of spreading our approach mission yesterday. So we were in the, in the car a long time and talking it through. I'm, the first thing I would say is kind of take responsibility. Um, take responsibility, but don't try and do everything yourself. And it's a kind of delicate yeah. balance between them as, as all the best things in life are. But, you know, it's no good having a leader who blames their staff for stuff. Loyalty extends both ways. And, um, and actually, if you're not loyal to them, they won't be loyal to you. So that's one thing. I think one of the things that I definitely learned early on the hard way was also trying to do too much yourself and running at 100% all the time means that when a crisis comes along, which is when, to be honest, leaders really earn their cash, yeah. Yeah. you're just not able to respond to that in the way that you need to. And that, that fourth P, the positivity thing, you're just not going to be able to bring that. You're not going to be able to kind of bring that kind of safety and comfort and support to everybody around you to make sure that they feel um, 
kind of well held by you as a leader. Um, so that's a really big one for me is just kind of keeping a little bit in the tank so that when things do get tough, you're able to kind of come back through and, and, um, and, and bring the, the organization through. And to be honest, you know, I think in the pandemic, you know, we, we did that well, actually, it was hard. Well we, we kind of managed to do that well. But I think the other thing to say that the pandemic really taught us as well, again, the hard way is there's no uh, replacement for re proper personal contact. Even if you, even if you run a, uh, an organization across the country, finding out ways of spreading yourself and, and there's a guy who we talk to quite a lot about this, one of our main funders who's really, really sharp on this. He talks about symbolic leadership. Even though you're kind of running an organization, 50, 100, 200, however many it is, um, you can't have the same level of relationship with each member of staff as you used to when it was only five, six, 10, whatever. But there are moments when you can connect with them in a certain way and, and you've got to seize those chances. And um, yeah, I think, that when you know now we kind of work out a way to do that properly but it's it's hard it's hard you know it's not an easy thing and and if anyone thinks it is easy then they're doing it wrong <laughs> frankly I, I think that i think that's really really uh, great actually all of that and the two layers two things that pinged in my mind as you were speaking was um i have a i have a friend who actually runs a very large ice cream business locally and he has this phrase management by walking around so, you know, he's just on the ground, he's out and about, he's seeing people, um, you know, he's doing stuff, but he's just present and, and interested, which I think is really, really important for your staff. Um, and, the, and the other thing that I'm sort of doing a lot of thinking about now, now that we are spread over five sides, is just um, how you spend your time as a leader. What, what are the absolutely vital things that you stay involved in? And what are the things that you can step back from? And I, and I haven't got the answer yet by any means. Um, but what, there have been some things that I've stepped back from and actually I look at it and think, no, I should have stayed interested and I should have been more um, present on that. Uh, and, I, and, I, and I think that's kind of where, well, Jake and I can kind of use each other to support each other to work out where our time is spent and where the most value can be added. Probably. I remember attending a Cranfield course a number of years ago and they just had this, this graph of uh, successful com companies and, and the leadership types. And we all know businesses where the, where the leader is a meddler and won't let go and everyone gets disenfranchised with that, with that individual in the company. Then that's when you see that, that, um, that, that churn. And another example I, I always give is the forklift driver. Um, I remember um, about 10, 12 years ago visiting a very large uh, fresh produce business and uh, parked up and uh, forklift driver was uh, um, uh, moving some stuff around and just, just got talking talking to him. And I said, oh, how's things? And he said, oh, we're about to lose our Tesco account. I said, oh, why is that then? Because oh, we're, we're uncompetitive. I'm, I'm going to have to start looking for another job. Went up to see the M MD and um, he was so isolated in his, uh, his ivory tower. He didn't know that they were about to lose the Tesco account, but everyone else did. Um, and, and to me, that was complete mismanagement. And that company has now long gone because of that, that mismanagement. So go back to that point, gents, that you were saying about, about walking the floor um, is so, so important. But then if you, where, where you, you've now got the positive difficulty is that because you're a multi-site uh, business, as you intimated, when you get over, um, what, what's the example from BT? When you get over 500 uh, plus employees on different uh, uh, sites, it is such a difficult thing to, to then, then, then manage. 
the the previous uh, CEO of Pizza Express always gave the example that um, with uh, 250 units, as was in the, in the UK, the biggest issue that they had was the first person you ever met was someone who was on minimum wage, um, who perhaps didn't want to be there uh, because they had schoolwork or they wanted to get back to the kids. But how do you culturally get that person pumped up to smile and, and be the ambassador, the, the advocate for, for Pizza Express so people enjoy the, uh, the, the, the meal and, and, and come back again? Mark, you must have seen lots of examples in your life, especially with an agriculture of the good, the bad and the, and the ugly. Yes, and huge amounts. And just sitting back listening, which is very much my style, there's a couple of really good examples. So whether you're a, a football fan or not, Sir Alex Ferguson, awesome example of actually those touch points with the junior uh, uh, members of, of, of the team. So he always used to take, um, and you can, uh, Gary Neville uh, will, will vouch this, the, the very new juvenile players that were coming up into the first squad, he would take them, personally take them to the squad that he had that one-to-one -one contact, which might only be in the car for an hour or two hours. Um, they would be in the squad, but they would never play. But they started to learn the culture of what he expected. Um, and yesterday, for example, I was with the, the CEO of, of, of Cook. So the, 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 the posh frozen food company, what, yeah. which we love at home. What an interesting story of a business that's gone from a family, family outlet to over a hundred million pound business in 10 years. And, and, and their philosophy is around culture, communication and keeping stuff simple. So ensuring that people understand the vision and the mission of the business without being in a telephone directory um, document, but actually ensuring people are all invested and bought into to where the, the direction of the business is going. And, and, and guys, there's, there's that expression, there's no, there's no I in team. You, you've got two um, leaders within, within, your, within your business, Jamie's Farm. Does, does that, is, it's pretty unusual. Does, does that work for you? Do you, do you think this has given you a, a unique um, ability to, to take the business further forward? Or, or, is it, or is it a complete bugaboo seeing each other on a Monday morning? Can I start? Well, I mean, it was a, it was a big decision uh, to make Jake co-CEO, uh, not least because um, the arrogant bugger I am, I'd, uh, I'd um, name the charity after myself. So, you know, <laughs> sort of uh, anyone would think that this was a ridiculous decision but um i think basically when jake joined his commitment passion um alignment drive to me kind of meant that i suddenly felt a huge relief actually about the future of the charity um and um jake recently had his 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 uh 10 year anniversary and we had a sort of uh, well a, a very emotional slightly alcohol fueled uh, speech that Excellent. I gave um, and and I said that you know um, the key really uh, with Jake was that he acted like a founder and he cared like a founder oh. and he um, embodied what my mum and I had hoped to set up really so um, if anything it just feels like it, it's a huge relief and gives us great resilience um, and uh, it, it, it also you know just just share some of that pressure um, and, and also a decent sounding board. You know, they always say overused phrase, but it's lonely at the top. You know, there are times through this journey where I felt seriously isolated and lonely. Yeah. Um, but to have someone I respect and trust to 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 go to is is really really important. I think. Yeah. yeah and, and the point is, if you, if you have you know if you have single points of failure, you know, I mean, it it kind of makes sense. You don't want a single point of failure, to be honest. You know, you want to spread some of that load. I think there is a risk if you. Um, 
you know, if the relationship breaks down, you start to blame each other or, you know, you're yeah. kind of not careful. Suddenly things fall in between you, you yeah. know, those kind of things. Again, people not taking responsibility. But I don't think that's going to happen with me and Jamie because, uh, firstly, we've got huge respect, trust, and there's a real bond between us. But also, we, we both care so much that I don't think we will drop, you know, I don't think it will happen that way necessarily. But, um, yeah, it's, it's an interesting model, and we'll see, you know, we've only been doing it six months. Jake, what is Jamie fantastic at? Well, I mean, we actually did a very good session and it's actually a good, um, it's a good thing to do, uh, to say at this because other people might choose to do it, but we did it with our sort of lead, broader leadership team. We, we, we basically gave them all something to talk about that they themselves are really strong in, in terms of management and leading. Um, and we did it ourselves. And the thing that, that I thought Jamie really needed to talk, there was a couple of things, but the one that I really always talk about is, is vision. You know, he's had the vision there from the absolute outset and he's never wavered from that and i just think that's such a powerful thing yeah. for a leader to be is is you know not particularly in the charity sector you get tempted this way and that because people with money will say oh come and do this this is really funky you know yeah, and there are various yeah. other new kind of sexy you know it was wrong term to use but new groups that come up that you should be supporting but jamie's held on to that vision and also it's not just the kind of vision of what we want to achieve but how we want to do it so that kind of, and, and some of that's tough. Some of that's saying, no, you know, we're not going to get lazy around this. We're going to have high standards. Our farms need to be neat and tidy and ordered. Our animals need to have the highest standards of animal welfare. You know, these kind of little things that, that make a real difference, he's, he's got really high expectations for, which is it's just really crucial, I think, in the, in the leader to respect. God, that, that Jake is mustard, isn't he? Uh, uh, JB, what is Jake fantastic at? <laughs> um, Jake is good, well, a number of things uh if i had to pinpoint one i think it's passion yeah. and you know it is totally infectious his passion for what we do for supporting young people uh the energy that he brings when he's with our teams with young people with funders um is infectious and they follow so you know if you're demonstrating every day that you absolutely love this organization believe in it and want to make it happen then people will follow and i think yeah. i think that passion has been has been you know one of the major things that meant that that, that jake got the recent promotion really yeah where, where I, I love both of the, the two of you the way that you, did, you described your leadership and, and the business there's been no talk about process and systems uh <laughs> three 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 oh. let me finish let me finish 360 these 360 reviews, weekly, monthly appraisals, or any, any of that. And they, they, serve, they serve a purpose, but they, they serve a purpose for monosyllabic businesses that people stay in for 18 months and then bounce on to the next one and they just get, get into get into, oh, just get into a rut. Whilst I can imagine working for, for you two, it would be a hell, hell of a, an enjoyable ride. What do you think, Mark? Oh, no, it'd be, be absolutely... What, well, really, your really wife works there, Mark. You, you must yes. know this better than... Yeah, no, definitely, and, and and that that kind of positivity and that ownership um, uh, and that that real factor, which speaking from my personal experience and my wife, it's it's how she she has had a she she's made a difference that week to to whether it's one two however many people's lives and and that's really powerful stuff and that's really really powerful stuff. So, so, Jen, what, just, um, so go, sorry, go go go. The the other thing that um, I walked out of a meeting with a bunch of builders and architects once, and I, I giggled. This was in the early days. I giggled to the project manager that I was with, 
God, I said that was fun. You know, it didn't feel like work at all. And, and his phrase was, well, you know, it should never feel like work. You're not effective if it really feels like work. Um, and I think I've sort of taken that on really in that in the every day at work should be fun, no matter what task you're doing, uh, however dull it is, there should be ways of peppering it with moments of, of fun, for, you know, uh, joking with colleagues, kind of, you know, all of that stuff. Um, that doesn't mean that you have to take away rigor or you have to take away kind of high expectations or accountability, but you can still have a lot of fun in what you're doing. Um, and, uh, and, and, and if anything, I'd say you'd be infinitely more effective if you are. Great. I just had a question then on WhatsApp. Uh, these guys are fantastic, true leaders uh, of the sector. When, when was the last time they both wore a tie? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. Oh, uh, I think that's a, that's a metaphorical question, don't <laughs> Yeah, the wedding last summer. No, they're, yeah, they, they, well, actually, I'm going to um, attempt to schmooze some, uh, some uh, corporates in London on Wednesday next week. So I will be, I will be donning the suit and tie for the first time in about a year, probably. But uh, yeah. Excellent. Jake, Jake, make sure you stuff some hay down the back of his, uh, back of his suit. All of our good, certainly mine. Uh, yeah, all of our good clothes get ruined because you yeah. kind of. Oh. There's a great photo of of uh, Jamie delivering a, is it a lamb or a cow, He's carving a cow, He's carving a cow, just just in his finest suit, <laughs> having just got back or just about to go to. I was London. about to go to London, unfortunately. Um, so that that was covered in a bit more than uh, just straw, I think. Yeah, uh, gents, if we could encapsulate um, all, all you guys, I don't know. Mark, if we could put them through the photocopier and, and have them planted all around the around the country, and also internationally, the, the, good, the, the good that they would do, uh, the, the 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 feeling of positivity that they, they would bring into the into the sectors. So the, the, so here comes here comes a, a, a we're slightly running out of time. Just going to go for this, this big question that's been set set to me by the by the team. What what are the key take home messages for our audience taking the learnings from the Jamie's Farm approach to fostering positive change in young people's life? What can be embedded on UK farms and farming businesses? And just a caveat of that, I'm definitely picking up now that um, so many UK farming businesses who were just commercial businesses, they now want to engage with children and they, not just from the local area, but also regenerative agriculture. They, it's almost like they've learned from you. They want to be commercial, but they also want to do good by local society and society as a whole, and also to, to go down the regenerative sustainable agricultural route. Gents, what, what's the answer? What would your advice be to those sorts of um, farms, businesses that, that want to take your approach, please? I think um, if there's one element that I think is really important that runs throughout leadership in an organization, so not just the person at, top, at the top, but the other layers of leadership, it's showing that you actually care to your staff, right? So um, what, one thing that I've often thought is that people, would find me an absolute pain because I wander around looking at stuff all the time and I notice things. Um, actually, a lot of our staff have fed back that they really like that. And what they really like, if they've had a really dull day of pressure washing a pig shed or whatever it is, is that I go at the end of the day and I look and I say, thank you very much, that's an amazing job. So I think just showing that you care to your staff is really important. But that extends out to your community because it doesn't take much for a business to occasionally open their doors to the local community to offer 
I, I don't know, silly things like a, an auction prize in a local auction. Um, to do yeah. small things that prove that you care externally as well doesn't cost you a lot, but it really changes um, the mentality and focus of the business in a way that does not have to negatively, but should positively affect the bottom line, I think. Yeah. And can, can yeah, I, and I mean, the only thing that I don't... Go, go on, sorry. Go, 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 go. No, I'd just add to that because I think it's exactly the right point. Um, and the only thing I'd add is just uh, caring, care for the long term as well as the short term. So actually, I think a lot of the time, um, people, you know, and I think my sense is farming has quite a lot of this because farmers often work incredibly hard, you know, in often very kind of claustrophobic environments mm. just doing the job and in the short term making it happen that the opportunity for stepping back and seeing the broader picture and the long term is sometimes minimized and actually in terms of this regenerative stuff and what we try and do both for kids and for the land that we're working on is working it out that actually an investment now is going to help may you know it may cost a bit now but in the long term it'll be good for everyone mm. similarly with kids we let these kids down not just are their lives going to be affected but actually it's intergenerational it'll be year it'll be their kids and their kids beyond that you know we can't just cast them out and think that you know, forget about them let's invest in them now you know excellent just uh, just uh, my, my team have just messaged me uh, max give the chris evans example so chris evans uh, the dj that's uh, that we all know um in his autobiography he talks about when he took over virgin radio um and he had an open door policy uh, but then, as he said, it turned into uh, a nightmare because everyone will be coming in um, moaning about their, uh, their, their cousin's um, uh, bad ankle or someone having, having a breakup. With, with the, big, the complexity of your business and the way it's growing, how, how, do you, how do you get around that you do want to have that open door um, scenario? But at some point, you've got to stop. You can't, you can't morph into their, their social life. You can't, you can't be their friend. You've got to be their boss sometimes. How do you get around that one? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's like a massively important point. And, 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 and never has that been as difficult as during COVID when everyone's personal situations were massively challenging, but we still had a mission to deliver, you know? Um, and, and, and I think that's, um, that's been the most difficult time we've ever had with that balance. Um, but Jake, I'll, I'll let Jake talk about um, our kind of mantra around management, which is relationships and rigour. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and again, it's a balance. You, know, you talk about the relationships, the point you said you can't just be their friend. And that's something that Jamie and I are kind of learning uh, almost the hard way, really, because we want to have fun times with our staff. We want to have really good parties where you sort of kind of get that energy. And post-COVID, that's been a big thing for us is kind of getting people together for summer parties or Christmas parties or away days when everybody... Um, can get that sort of sense of belonging and joy from each other. Um, but it's also kind of recognising and being a bit of a grown-up and saying that doesn't always have to come from us. Um, we don't have to be the ones, we sometimes are still, but, but um, we don't always have to be the ones up till four in the morning with everybody. You know, other people can do some of that and that's a sign of a healthy organisation. I mean, actually, everyone gets, we're lucky because essentially what we take to the kids is what we want all of our staff to embody as well. And this kind of idea of relationships of rigor through close relationships, you can exp expect more of people, both, you know, kids and the staff that you're working with. If you've got a good relationship with someone you're managing, 
you can push them harder in terms of getting their output higher and the quality of their work higher because they want to work for you. You know, there's that stat. You know, why do most people leave organizations? Because of their relationship with their line manager. That's the thing that matters most. Yep. Um, and, and actually, yep. that's the thing that we see well-being. We don't go easy on kids because they're feeling low. You know, we want them to work hard. We don't say to our Savoy, just have lots of time off because you're feeling low. We say, come on in, we'll support you, you know, and, and actually you'll feel better as a result. Just sitting on the sidelines doesn't make anyone feel good, you know? So it's that kind of balance that actually, um, you know, it's this classic thing. Jamie and Tish had it from the very beginning. A key part of Jamie's farming, it's why the farming is so vital as a vehicle, is with farming... You have to get up in the morning. You have to feed the animals. You have to muck them out. You have to achieve even before breakfast. And that's something that actually everybody can kind of feel really proud about, you know? Yeah, and I, I suppose we've all got our examples of that. I did five years of wild oating around, around Lewis, and it was in some ways the making of me because I just got used to getting up and doing a repetitive job, but I was earning so I could afford, afford my, my first car. Mark, I'm sure you're exactly the, 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 the same on, uh, on, on Frisians. Uh, other varieties are, 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 are available but, th but that's the great thing <laughs> that's the great thing about agriculture isn't it you sometimes you need that routine because li life isn't exciting sometimes you you have to go through that process to get to where you want to it's not it's not we're not all living in an instagram um generation where everything happens um all, all at once um there is a lot of hard work but it can be can be very enjoyable but mark, mark over to you to wrap up yeah, no, I, what a really great conversation. And I think that the key points that I've pulled from it is, well, life is built around relationships, whatever you do, whether, uh, whether it's at work, whether it's in your personal life, but that's providing a purpose, um, which is definitely the driver in my life. Um, purpose, that positivity, uh, whether that be caring for your staff, whether just being saying hello in the morning and, and, and just giving that well done for that, that was really, really good, is, is massively, massively important, but also maintaining that robust that robust rigor that that we don't go to work to make friends we we go to work to to work and push forward and, and yeah really really good so some real great insights there that we can we can take from from that positive change of young people actually into managing agricultural teams so thank you very much and mark do you want to just mention agri uh, leadership week as well yeah let's, we must uh, forget hashtag agri leadership week this week um which um is a great success where we're just trying to get the industry to 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 delve into developing themselves from from a leadership and management perspective, which is an area that that we're we're not doing, um, and is greatly needed with the major mega trends and the challenges that the industry faces moving forward. So, yeah, if you're we, tweeting we, social Mark, media, hashtag Anchor Leadership Week. Sorry, Mark. We we need uh, Jamie and Jake uh, as as our, as our one of the brand ambassadors for for Agri Leadership Week uh, for, for for this uh, for, for this year and for next year. And, and Jen, so over to yourself, uh, Jamie, Jake. Is there anything that you you want to say to sign off before I make you an offer that's just coming on on WhatsApp for you? <laughs> uh, well, that's exciting. Um, no, I just I, I mean just a really really uh, vibrant conversation. Thank you both for having us along. Um, it's, it's been great fun. And and I'd also say just for us, there's always. Um, you know, when you reflect on these things, it helps you to understand them better. So we're really grateful for your great questions and uh, um, and insights from you guys. Excellent. Okay, so my, my offer has just come in. There's a lady that's uh, very keen to send you uh, both a couple of ties um, of, of your choice. Is that okay if she sends you a couple of uh, ties? <laughs> we promise to wear them.
Yeah, okay, but the, the catch is uh, you've got to wear them naked because uh, she wants you to both appear in the naked farming calendar uh, for 2023 uh, for a particular charity, which uh, uh, is that is that okay, gentlemen? We're on. Hey! <laughs> You'd have him, I think. I, I'm an old dad now, but anyway. <laughs> Mark, Mark, the hysterical thing is this lady, who I know very well, hasn't invited you or me. <laughs> <laughs> We're the host of this damn thing. Why is it there the guests that always get the gigs, Mark? Uh, Mark, yeah. Mark has the best sideburns of anyone I know. I think he needs to be in that calendar. Yeah, we just, oh, Mark just shows his sideburns. He, he didn't know this was going to get, look at that. No. He, well, let, Mark, let's see if we can get, get you a tie. Let's see if we can make you uh, uh, Mr. June 2023 on this calendar say? because Jake and Jamie are going to be uh, Mr. and Mr. on May, May 2023. Uh, everyone, thank you very much. It's been another great outing for the AHDB Agri Leader uh, Series. Oh, quickly, uh, Jamie's Farm, how, how do we engage with you? How do we find, um, pump, pump, pump us all up and uh, pump our tires up. How do we find you on social media, guys? Yeah, so just look for Jamie's Farm. We're there. Um, you know, any support that anyone can offer, um, financially would be amazing. We, we have to fundraise uh, uh, 1.7 million pounds. That's why I look so old this year to keep the thing going. Um, but um, yeah, get in touch via Twitter, Facebook, um, Instagram. Um, there's loads of lovely images of all that's happening on our farms today on all those channels. So yeah, please, please do have a look at us. Excellent. Gentlemen, fantastic. Well, well done. Uh, we'll see you at the, the, the next hour team. Mark, thank you very much. Thank you for your time, everyone. We'll see Cheers. you next month. Cheers. Thank you. Bye -bye. Bye -bye. Bye -bye.